You know, I remember back in November of 19, I had just moved in with my girlfriend, my still partner, and we were in that kind of awkward place of combining households. Now, admittedly, I didn't have much by way of a household at that time, but we were going through that stage where we were deciding where things went and who kept what and who got rid of what and all that. And it was actually a pretty easy process. I do voiceover for a living. I'm a producer and my partner has a nice little ranch house and one half of the two-car garage was converted into a bonus room. And by way of bonus, we mean illegal in almost every sense of the word, but it had carpeting on it. And she knew that it was important for me to have a quiet place to work and record in. And she very kindly gave up the room that she was always planning on using for a sewing and costuming room because she knew that I needed a place to work and it needed to be remotely quiet. But one of the other things that was happening in this was the combining of families, me meeting her mom and dad, her meeting my kid, and we were all, you know, looking forward to Thanksgiving, the holidays together. And we had a nice Thanksgiving. But me being the news junkie that I am, I had been paying attention to other parts of the world, not just what happens in my own backyard. And as we said goodbye to our family and our friends and made plans together for the Christmas holiday, I had this strange feeling, this weird feeling that we were headed towards a change. And I made mention of it to her when we were going to bed that night. We'd had a really nice holiday dinner with our family. And of course, a month later, we were all gathering for the winter holiday. I don't particularly celebrate Christmas. I'm sure I'll get to that at some point in the future. But my kid was over, and my kid, I'm proud to say, was a very newly minted epidemiologist. And just a day before, I had been mentioning to my partner about this new virus and how I felt that, unlike many other times in the past, we were headed towards something pretty significant. My partner's ex-husband lives down the street and we're close. He's a 
very good friend of mine. That might sound odd to people, but that's our family. And he and I had been talking. And I said, you'd better get prepared. When my kid was over, he and I were sitting around with my newly minted epidemiologist. And we asked them. And they said, I'm watching very carefully. And I remember them looking at me with the eyes that a child looks at their parent. My kid is very smart. My kid is every bit as smart as I am. Smarter in many, many, many ways. But I remember seeing that look in their eye. The look of, you're not saying this from a place of knowing. You're saying that from that dad place of feeling, of intuition. And my kid knows me well enough that when I do that, I'm pretty damn confident. And of course, Christmas, the winter holiday, Yule, came and went. And as it did, we all grew more nervous. I don't like being nervous, and I don't like making my loved ones feel nervous. But I felt it was my responsibility to get people ready for what I was pretty sure was going to come. Welcome to I Miss Lockdown. Hi there, I'm Andrew Scott, and welcome to I Miss Lockdown. So, what is this podcast? Well, I'm going to read you a piece that I put up on Reddit just a little while ago. And that kind of encapsulates what I want to do. So just a little while ago, I put up this post in both the introverts and the introvert subreddit. And it just read, fellow introverts. As we wrap up Mental Health Awareness Month, I'm starting a new low talking, that's in air quotes, podcast called 
I miss lockdown as a way to give back to the introvert community as well as deal with the reopening of society after the lifting of most COVID restrictions. To be honest, most of us hardcore introverts didn't really deal with lockdown in the same way our extra friends and relations did. Our experience was rather different. They were busy losing their collective shit from not being able to go to Applebee's on a given Tuesday while we were all catching up on our streaming services or crushing people in some online gaming community like normal. Now, that's not to say that we weren't negatively impacted. We certainly were. And frankly, I personally feel that we all have a bit of PTSD from the past three years at a minimum. But if I'm being honest, there are things about lockdown that I miss. The quiet, the slowing down of life, the focus on self-care, the feeling, however brief and fleeting it might have been, that we were all on the same side again, that we were all pulling for each other hoping for the best for each other, giving a shit about our fellow human beings again. Now, I don't want you to think that this new podcast that I'm doing is exclusively about lockdown life, although that will likely be a touchstone for quite some time. I'm looking at this podcast as more a friendly introvert voice, keeping you company talking at times to other introverts, sharing experiences, and keeping fellow introvert listeners company for a while. In that way, lockdown acts as a metaphor for the introvert life. And it's not something I'm moving on from. It's a core pillar of who I am. So with this podcast, I'm here to invite you in and ask for your participation in helping me build this into something that will help someone out there feel seen, validated, and at times less alone. Maybe while having a laugh and some insightful conversation along the way. Now, there are two ways that you, the listener, can help. And they're both similar. Email me some thoughts about your life during or after lockdown. How are you doing? What are you feeling about the world right now? What, if anything, were positives of this period of cultural isolation? How did it affect you? You can email me at comments at imisslockdown.com. Now, the other one. Eventually, I'll have a system in place via a web app to take voice comment calls from the public and use them on the show with your permission. All right from your phone, mobile device, or desktop. Now, that feature will be available on the website, which should be available sometime tomorrow, May 26th, 2023. And again, that website address is imisslockdown.com. 
www.thepodcastmoney.com. And I really hope that you do decide to participate in some way. And I'd love to hear ideas on what you as a listener would find fun, enjoyable, entertaining, comforting, or valuable in a podcast like this. Do you want me to interview social sciences and psychiatric professionals or psychologists about introversion? Because more than anything, as I said earlier, I see this podcast as not only an introvert support, but in some ways an introvert celebration. Introversion gets treated like some kind of disease, like some kind of malady, like some kind of disability. Well, if you're listening to me right now, in any way, shape, or form, you, the world, is benefiting from the talents and imagination of a hardcore introvert. Nikola Tesla did not have much time nor patience for people. That sounds cold and callous. He truly was a humanitarian. But he saw having to interface with other people as a means to an end. Financing. Creative support. Bringing in expertise he didn't have, which admittedly was pretty rare. But if it weren't for an introvert like Nikola Tesla, we wouldn't have the computers we have right now. We wouldn't have the radio us Gen X grew up on. Or radar. Or hydroelectric power. Or so many other things. It's always been my opinion that introversion is an unrecognized and often untapped well of deep creativity, ingenuity, and wonder. I love being an introvert. And I haven't always been as introverted as I am now, as I move into my middle fifties. You know, I was a child of the seventies and the eighties. And I did plenty of my share of partying. I've been at gatherings of tens of thousands of peoples and had a great time. But as I grew older, I craved peace and silence more and more. And I don't see that I lost anything in giving up the run and gun lifestyles. 
of the past. In many ways, my introversion is one of the things that has given me the most joy and the most fulfillment in my life. How about you? I have a feeling that to one degree or another, you probably have a story as well about how your introversion has actually supported you in your life, facilitated your growth in ways that extroversion would not have accomplished. And I'm also not one of those people that, that looks down on boisterous extroverts. Don't get me wrong. They get stuff done, you know, those are the Thomas Edison's of the world. And to Edison's credit, we also owe him a debt of gratitude to one degree or another. If you know the story, you'll probably know which side I'm on. But again, as I grow older, I value peace and quiet so much more than I did. And I think part of that has to do with starting to really understand on a visceral level that there's a clock ticking. There's a clock constantly ticking away. And you don't know when that clock is going to stop. And I don't want to miss something important. About 18 years ago, I started practicing Zen Buddhist meditation. And in one of the very famous chants, there's a line that says, do not waste your time by night or day. And I took that oath. I made that promise to the world that I wouldn't waste my time. And so I think that that's one of the things about my introversion that maybe snuck in a little bit. Maybe that promise that I made got filed away in my head somewhere deeper than I thought it was. And it's actually affecting everything else. And I can't say I'm sorry for it.
I don't shun the outside world. More than anything, I just find the outside world exhausting. So much noise, so many people out there distracting themselves from their lives. It's the exact same reason why I'm a reluctant user of social media. We now have generations of people whose only experience of life is by swiping their thumb and comparing themselves to somebody else. I find that incredibly sad. But I don't fault anybody for being outgoing. I'm one of those extroverted introverts. Like public speaking, I have no problem doing it. Life of the party. But when that obligation is done, I just want to run and hide by myself in my environment with my people of my choosing and recharge. I swear to God, if I close my eyes when I'm being that extroverted version of myself, it's almost like I can see the battery level line dropping rapidly. But even us introverts crave connection, interaction. There's a great explanation somewhere out on the interwebs where it said that introverts don't dislike connection. They're just really, really picky about it. And that is something that I fully grok. 100%. You put me with somebody who I don't know, I'll be cordial. I'll be attentive and present. But if I don't feel a connection beginning, I'll eventually go pretty quiet. Now, put me with another introvert. And that thing happens between introverts where you find those one or two points of commonality. And then it's off to the races. And we can talk for hours. And not only that, I'll actually be energized by that conversation by that connection because I know when I'm talking with that person, they're someone like me. They're cut of the same cloth. They love knowing what they know about the thing they're passionate about. And not only that, they're willing to learn more. They want to hear another opinion on it to check their own. See, I said, Introverts are not 
shy. We're just very discerning. We are very, very picky about where we invest our energy. Quite frankly, I think a lot of extroverts would benefit from our approach. You know, one of the most important little trips I ever did in my life was when I was in my 20s. And I went and visited Walden Pond. I know, how introverted of you, Andy. But it was really interesting because if you haven't, you go to Walden Pond and it can actually be kind of a letdown. Because while all us Gen Xers were waxing poetic about Walden in English class, the modern world was encroaching upon Walden. And now when you go there, you're literally within eyesight of big white buildings and strip malls. I remember hearing something about... Uh, Don Henley of the Eagles stepping up and wanting to buy the land between Walden and the encroaching suburbia. I have complicated feelings about Don Henley these days, but if he used his money for something like that, I'll give the guy a pat on the back. But that's really what I want this podcast to be about is introversion and dispelling some of the errant opinions about who we are and what introversion really is. You know, running through the definitions and explanations on Wikipedia. course, we can thank Carl Jung for the dichotomy of extroversion and introversion. I'll paraphrase a little bit here. So extroversion tends to be manifested in outgoing, talkative, energetic behavior. Duh. Wikipedia didn't put da in there. Whereas introversion is manifested more in reflective and reserved behavior. And Jung really kind of crystallized introversion as an attitude type characteristic by orientation in life through subjective psychic contents, end quote. And extroversion as the opposite. I don't need to read that to you, just replace a word. So in September 1909, Carl Jung first used the term introverted to describe a personality type. 
in a lecture at Clark University. In his 1921 book, Personality Types, he described introverted in more detail. And in a later paper, he gave a more formal description. Quote, he holds aloof from external happenings, does not join in, has a distinct dislike of society as soon as he finds himself among too many people. In a large gathering, he feels lonely and lost. The more crowded it is, the greater becomes his resistance. He is not in the least with it, in quotes, and has no love of enthusiastic get-togethers. He is not a good mixer. What he does, he does in his own way, barricading himself against influences from outside. He is apt to appear awkward, often seeming inhibited, and it frequently happens that by a certain brusqueness of manner or by his glum unapproachability or some kind of malapropism, he causes unwitting offense to people. For him, Jung continues, self-communings are a pleasure. His own world is a safe harbor, carefully tended and walled in garden closed to the public and hidden from prying eyes. His own company is best. He feels at home in his world, where the only changes are made by himself. His best work is done with his own resources, his own initiative, and in his own way. Crowds, majority views, public opinions, popular enthusiasm, never ever convince him of anything, but mere make him creep still deeper into his shell. His relations with other people become warm only when safety is guaranteed and when he can lay aside his defensive distrust. All too often, he cannot. And consequently, the number of friends and acquaintances is very restricted. End quote. Now, being that this was really one of the first times where this kind of personality trait was codified, defined, I'm going to give Carl Jung, whom I am a follower of, quite a bit of leeway here. Because even though that is one of the first definitions of introversion, by the guy who kind of came up with the concept, I disagree with a lot of that. But I think over the course of time, what has happened is that the understanding of introversion 
has been refined. Because again, so many of us, for a short way of saying it, don't hate the outside world. We just value our version of it more than what we're told is important. What people insist is something we should pay attention to. What everybody else does. More than anything, I really truly believe that those people who are the freest spirits, who are the most creative, the most expressive, aren't the showy extroverts of the world. They're introverts. They're the people who are okay with the silence and don't need to fill every gap in conversation with some face noise. We take pauses. We consider what the person said when we're having a conversation. We're not trying to stay three steps ahead and figure out how to respond to get our point across and win the conversation. Introverts are people who are keenly aware of the speed of the world turning. We want to make the most of our time. And sometimes the best way to do that is to slow down. And we don't think every single thing the world out there says is nonsense. But we do think that it's way too noisy, way too loud. It's, we think that it's coming at everybody too fast. And that you can't make a true useful judgment with this information fire hose spraying us all in the face. And so we step back don't ever think an introvert is just doing nothing. We're sifting through all these experiences. We're teasing out the nuance. We're trying to get 
to the wheat by winnowing away the chaff. More than anything, I think introverts are the ones who see the value in truly trying to understand something, more importantly, someone. And we're willing to say by word or gesture or deed, I need to step back and I need to process this effectively. And I can't do it effectively when I'm still engaged in this environment. So I'm going to go to my environment and chew on all this. Because I owe you my ability to be present. And right now, my battery is low. And when my battery is low, I can't be present. So when we retreat as introverts, we're actually doing the world a great favor, a service. We want to make sure that our presence is effective. And so we go back and we recharge and we think, we analyze, we consider, we meditate sometimes. Because that's how we ensure the quality and the value of our presence. I see introversion almost like a superpower because in this modern world, there have to be people who are willing to step back and deeply consider what is going on. Lord knows that was hard to do during COVID, but at the same time, it wasn't. If you're like me, you'll remember that psychedelic feeling in January and February of 2020. I knew we were headed into the darkness and I was trying to prepare my family. Right about that time, my kid, the epidemiologist had just become an epidemiologist at the state level for my state's COVID response units. 
and as a dad, I was both very proud and very concerned. Because my kid, for as extroverted as they ever had been in their lives, and they were, they had shifted into a place of introversion as well. And I knew that the work that they were going to have to do as an epidemiologist, helping to navigate an entire state through a pandemic was going to take a toll on their mental health. And it most certainly did. But I am incredibly proud of my kid that they did that. They shouldered that emotional burden. And I am well aware that my kid helped save lives. And for that, I am very proud, but more than that, deeply grateful that they took that burden on and they carried it for all of us. But I want to know how you're doing. How has the pandemic impacted you as a person who likes privacy, who likes the quiet? Who feels the need to control the volume of life as best they can or as circumstance will allow. How are you doing? As we move out of this weird collective experience. Are you okay? Did it impact your life significantly? For so many of us as introverts, you know, we were way ahead of the curve and working from home. So many of us do. You know, in the, in the voiceover world where I am, we kind of jokingly said, you know, we were made for this. We all already work in tiny little boxes in our house or in the closet. There's a famous or, I don't know, infamous, depending upon how you might view it, picture of Ira Glass, the host of This American Life. Once we entered deep lockdown, and of course, New York was one of the first major metropolitan areas to have to initiate lockdown proceedings. And then as it swept 
and got to Boston. And then Chicago. Only in a matter of days, weeks. But there's this picture of Ira Glass in his suit. No tie, but in a suit. Oh, but in barefoot. And he's on a little chair, or stool, stuffed in his closet, surrounded by clothes, with a tea table and a laptop, wearing headphones with a microphone. All of us in the voiceover world found that hilarious. Because in home VO, that's where most of us start out. Most beginning VO people can't afford a $13,000 professionally made sound booth. So we use the next best thing. A closet full of clothes. And a microphone with the cable run out through the door. Many people earn many thousands of dollars in their closets. But as we wrap up, that reminds me of another, another meme, I guess, about our time in lockdown. And I can't attribute it to any one person. There are hundreds of variations on this. But it really is poignant to me. When the crisis happened. When the world started falling apart. We turned to art. And broadcasting definitely is art. How many podcasts did you discover during lockdown? How many little niche shows did you find on a streaming service that you never would have discovered were it not for all those hours spent at home? How many books did you finally read after having owned them for decades, years at a minimum? How many pages did you write? Were you one of those people that went back to writing by hand in a notebook? Or were one of those people who started making their own paper, maybe? Imagine you, you made sourdough. <laughs> See, those are some of the good things that I'm talking about. What did you rediscover in that time? Or maybe reconnect with things you set aside 
things you used to really love doing, but for some reason or another didn't anymore. You know, because that spare one and a half, two hours of your day that you could have been using for that pursuit were being chewed up by commutes or overtime or meetings that could have been emails. There was good that came out of that experience. Would I wish it again on us? Absolutely not. No, please don't misunderstand me. But that experience, that time, I believe we actually got something back. And now, as we move forward into this post-pandemic world. It's no wonder why some of us are struggling. Some of us are pushing against it. The world did not stop when everybody stopped going to the office. Now, again, please don't get me wrong. We owe a debt we can never repay to those people in jobs that they couldn't do remotely. We owe those people a debt we can never repay. All those delivery drivers, sewerage workers, grocery clerks. That says nothing of the medical workers who risked their lives and gave their lives. to deal with this pandemic and so many other professions. If you're one of those people and you went to work, please know that at least one person, me, I see you, I see what you did. And I am extraordinarily grateful. And I will never be able to say thank you enough. But for those people who work in a position that quite frankly is 95% on a computer, writing, researching, contacting other people, managing, The world did not grind to a halt because you didn't show up in 3D 
to a bland beige glass-walled box. And that's why the corporate world right now, they're scared. They're horrified. Because the pandemic gave their secret away. We can do so many of these jobs from home. And not only that, we can do it more effectively, more cost-effectively, and frankly, we can be better employees, less burnout, more fulfillment from that job. And yet now we've got this back-to-the-office movement. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. The pandemic pulled the curtain. And we saw who the wizard was. We saw that we can do things a different way and still function as a society, still function as an economy. Yes, we took a major hit, there's no question. But we didn't collapse. And I firmly believe that if we had to do this for another two years, there would be no question that this, this work from home, work in your own way, take care of your life, working this way is more sustainable, more effective, and more fulfilling. And when employees feel fulfilled and seen and supported, they're better employees. But just as I had a feeling back in December of 2020, I have another feeling now. We're headed for another big change. But this time I don't have quite the same confidence in the direction. Because the one thing that the COVID-19 pandemic did, that's for certain, is it changed something deep down in our collective psyche. As I said, it kind of revealed a secret to us, introverts and extroverts. And as we move forward, 
We need to support each other. We need to be there for each other in much the same way as we did when the pandemic started. And that's what this podcast is. It's a place for us introverts to feel some camaraderie, some connection, some affiliation. You've been listening to I Miss Lockdown, a quiet introverts podcast. Our theme music is written and produced by Sephirios on the web at sephirios.bandcamp.com. Sephirios is spelled S-A-P-P-H-E-R-I-O-S. Background music courtesy of Nature Healing Society, used with permission. A link to the full three-hour music mix and all their other wonderful mixes is available in the description. Outro music, Rest, by Humans Win, is licensed through audioblocks.com. Available at humanswin.bandcamp.com. I Miss Lockdown is a narrow band broadcast network production in association with Andrew Scott Media. If you'd like to participate in the show with a comment, ask a question, or give feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at comments at imisslockdown.com. And if you'd like to support the podcast with a financial contribution, you can do so by donating to the NBBN Patreon page at the link in the show notes. I've been your host, Andrew Scott. Thanks for joining me. Take good care.